I'm Christian Esguera and welcome to this episode of After the Fact where we get to see things more clearly and we get a better sense of the truth. Let's start by dissecting the news. The Office of the Prosecutor of the International Criminal Court has requested uh, authority to conduct a formal investigation into the thousands of killings under President Rodrigo Duterte's drug war. Malacanang predictably downplayed, if not dismissed, this crucial development asserting sovereignty and independence from foreign interference. But the process, but the process rather, at the ICC is expected to proceed anyway, regardless of whether Duterte and other officials instrumental to the conduct of his vicious drug war will cooperate or not. Perhaps the question is, will the refusal to cooperate only work against Duterte's interest? Besides, was it not also this administration that argued early during the drug war that if you're not a drug addict or drug trafficker, what was there to be afraid of? Years later, the ICC prosecutor found reasonable basis to believe that the crime against humanity of murder was committed in the Philippines since Duterte took office in 2016 until March 16, 2019, when his administration's unilateral withdrawal from the ICC officially took effect. So if Duterte and his top lieutenants are not guilty of such crime, what is there to be afraid of? Tonight, we'll talk about how and why this administration reached this point at the ICC and whether drug war victims under Duterte can finally get justice, which has eluded them here in the Philippines. Be part of our discussion. Send us your questions and comments in our YouTube live chat or tweet us using the hashtag ANCAfterTheFact. Tonight, we're joined by Secretary Salvador Panelo, President Rodrigo Duterte's Chief Legal Counsel, and Attorney Neri Colmenares is the lawyer for families of some of the victims of the president's drug war. Good evening, gentlemen, and thank you for joining us on the program. Good evening. Good evening, Christian. Good evening, Secretary Panelo. Okay, let's start with Secretary Panelo. I understand that uh, the Philippine government, as articulated by Malacanang, won't be cooperating in this uh, planned uh, formal investigation into the drug war by the ICC. Why is that? For one, it has no jurisdiction. We have repeatedly said that it has no jurisdiction. And assuming it has jurisdiction, the government or the country has already withdrawn from it. Now, they insist that they have jurisdiction because it has started investigation. But the problem with that argument is that the investigation should have been the formal investigation. What they have started only was a preliminary examination to determine whether or not the crimes being attributed to President Duterte is among the crimes that will make them assume jurisdiction. And at the same time, whether or not the principle of complementary applies. In other words, is the government not does not have the capacity to pursue criminal complaint against uh, the one being charged in the ICC. So in other words, since it has only started the preliminary examination, and the Rome Statute says that withdrawal will not affect the jurisdiction of the ICC, assuming it has jurisdiction, which we disagree. Okay. Just if, they started the exam if they started the preliminary investigation prior to the withdrawal, 
then they have jurisdiction. But the problem is they're only starting the full investigation now, which validates our theory that it has not started the investigation and therefore it has no jurisdiction, assuming okay. it has. Okay, but where does it say in the Rome Statute or the ICC Statute that jurisdiction is not in effect unless the formal investigation gets underway, not just preliminary examination? It's in the Rome Statute itself. There is a provision. So Secretary, because I understand the the ruling and the context, the jurisprudence as far as the ICC is concerned, is quite clear. The jurisdiction remains during which a state party was a member of the Rome Statute, in this case, the Philippines. The Rome Statute says withdrawal will not affect the jurisdiction of the court. If there is already a commencement of a full investigation. But, but the, they but the started that. The, what but, they started was just a preliminary examination. But the process precisely starts with the filing of communications, which set up this preliminary examination. But the preliminary examination precisely determines whether or not the ICC can assume jurisdiction. It is only now that they that they decided that it has jurisdiction on the on the basis of the preliminary examination. But the decision to proceed with the investigation has come after the withdrawal, not prior. Don't you think that's just an excuse to escape any form of liability or no. accountability before the ICC? Because if that argument will be upheld, don't you think a lot of uh, criminals or those behind crimes against humanity or even genocide would be able to get away simply because of that claim of yours? What we should consider is the procedure by which the ICC assumes jurisdiction. It is very clear that it will only assume jurisdiction, one, if the crimes charged against a particular member country is within the so-called crimes that will be subject to jurisdiction. And number two, if the government of that country is not willing to prosecute the one charge. But by the, the way, by the, yes. way the phrase is not just unwillingness, but unwillingness and inability to genuinely prosecute. Anyway, I'd like to go to uh, Attorney Neri Colmenares. What do you think of this uh, legal position coming from the Chief Legal Counsel? There's no jurisdiction because they're only uh, they, they only started preliminary examination and the prosecutor has just requested a formal no, investigation. Christian, let me correct you there. That, that's only one argument. The, the, yeah. first, the first argument is it has no jurisdiction from the very start okay. because the Rome Statute has not been published in a newspaper of general circulation or official consent. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. Your yes. response. Actually, uh, Christian, the, uh, the, your question was very appropriate. What provision in the ICC does it say that uh, jurisdiction only sets in if there's a, an investigation? Because Article 127 of the Rome Statute does not say that. In fact, the Article 127 of the Rome Statute precisely says otherwise. But first, I'd like to clarify. We signed and ratified uh, with the Rome Statute and the Senate concurred with the treaty which means that we are bound by its uh, 
you know, at the time that we are a state party, we are bound by its uh, our obligations there. And Article 127 says that the state parties are, uh, are, are, should discharge their obligation under the ICC while they are a member. If they withdraw, they should discharge these functions until such time as their withdrawal becomes effective. And secondly, the ICC didn't say preliminary examination or investigation. The Rome Statute said proceedings commenced prior to the effectivity of the withdrawal. Which on, begins on, well, where, which, where? which the proceeding actually started when the preliminary examination was initiated. Because that is already a proceeding under the Rome Statute. And there was even a case, uh, I, I think uh, there were cases already decided by the ICC on this, that the withdrawal and the effectivity later on of the withdrawal does not preclude the ICC from continuing with that proceedings that it has already commenced, especially if the acts pertained of in that proceeding were committed at the time that the, the withdrawing uh, state was a state party at the time. So very clear and we... We admitted to be bound by it when we signed the treaty and, uh, well, we withdrew later on, but uh, still the provision that we agreed to says that even that if we withdrew, uh, Article 127 says that uh, it should be, the court should continue to have jurisdiction despite, despite the effectivity of the withdrawal as long as the proceedings were commenced before, so before the effectivity of the withdrawal. So there's no escaping this process at the ICC since it, has, uh, it was already started? Well, I don't think so because the prosecutor and the ICC knows for sure in and out of the entire Rome statute and they would not have done this have they seen a specific provision that says that jurisdiction is lost if you did not start your preliminary, your investigation at the time of the, before the effectivity of the withdrawal. Okay. So, but uh, that's that's a defense that they can use. That is that is an argument that President Duterte can use in the in the ICC. It does not justify the the non-participation, but rather that you know you you participate and then you you are you argue that no, there's no jurisdiction. But you cannot just say I cannot do that. This is as pareho ito sa China. Eh. When the Philippines filed the case against China, China says, I won't participate. And in the end, uh, you know, China wouldn't want to implement the tribunal decision because there's no jurisdiction. Why don't you go to the tribunal and, you know, lay down your defenses? Uh, the, the tribunal, the ICC, has, has checks and balance their due process rights for everybody. In fact, Christian, the families of the victims filed the, 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 the communication way back in 2018. It's been three years huh? just, to, just to get a preliminary examination. And that only shows that the ICC is really taking care that the rights of both, the, both parties, the accused, well, the respondent and the uh, complainants are taken care of. Okay. Uh, Secretary Panelo, are you back? Secretary Panelo. Can you can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you loud and clear. But uh, I think we're having problems with your camera. Anyway, you can respond to this question also. Uh, one basic argument being used by by those who want uh, accountability from the ICC is that if Duterte has nothing to hide, why don't why doesn't he participate in the ICC process? This was the same argument that you guys have been using 
for those who were concerned about the conduct of the drug war, especially early on. Pag hindi raw addict, pag hindi ka drug pusher, hindi ka dapat matakot. Pero ngayon, kung hindi ka naman guilty sa crimes against humanity, bakit ka natatakot sa ICC? How would you respond to that? Simple. There is no jurisdiction from the very start. So by appearing there, you admit that it has jurisdiction over you. Pero bakit? And Pero withdraw na nga eh. Yan ang problema. Assuming na may jurisdiction na talagang wala from the very start. Eh, nag-withdraw na. Di lalo na, doble-doble na wala jurisdiction. Because that is uh, also seen as an, uh, as an escape route for people who don't want to be held accountable or people uh-huh. who have something to hide. Christian, it's a matter of legal principle. You do not go to a court where it has no jurisdiction from the very beginning. Because we have our own constitution. And our constitution says, before any law can be enforceable in this country, you have to know what kind of what the nature of charges being leveled against you. And you cannot know that unless that law is published in the newspaper of general circulation or on official gazette. And both cases, well, I. Okay, okay. You also raised that uh, that argument uh, when the the administration first announced that uh, it was withdrawing the Philippines from the uh, Rome statue. Pero marami nag comment dyan, no? Even first-year law students could basically debunk that argument. What's your opinion on that as, as uh, Attorney Neri Colmenares? Pagtratado ba? Kailangan pa i-publish? And ratify na ng Senado? Well, in, in the first place, no? In the first place, uh, doon muna sa jurisdiction. When we argue our case in court, we cite the specific article where we say that there is jurisdiction. For example, under Section 11 and Section, uh, sorry, under Article 11 and 12 of the Rome Statute, jurisdiction was acquired because the crime was committed by a national of a state party at the time when the state party was still a state party under the Rome Statute. So we cited the articles. And we're asking also Malacanang to cite the provisions which will be used as a basis to claim that there is no jurisdiction. Because that's how we do it in courts normally. When we go to court and say the court has no jurisdiction, we cite the rules of court or the law where we will base our arguments from. So that, that is one of the things I'd like to really clarify from Malacanang because the Secretary, uh, well, Secretary Roque has also been saying all these things that, uh, you know, it's politically motivated, it's uh, leftist, it's, uh, you know, some other states, but he doesn't really cite the basis for those arguments. No? So, yeah, in, in any case, uh, that is our opinion of the matter, and we hope that uh, the president will go to, and I would like to think, uh, Christian, I would like to think that once the, if the investiga- initiation of the investigation is granted by the court, I would like to think that the president will, uh, will have to submit his evidence there because it's a very dangerous situation when the evidence presented against you is very strong and yet you refuse to present your own evidence. So uh, I think uh, there would be probably, a, that's at least my opinion, a necessity to really answer that. Before I, I ask Secretary Panel to respond to that, pero pag-usapan natin muna yun, just to get this over with, the argument that uh, it wasn't published in the official gazette, so it didn't take effect. 
Yeah, well, actually, the treaties that we, we have signed, there are many treaties that we have signed. Some were published, some were not published, uh, Christian. Uh, but we have always considered this that they form part of, you know, they have the force of law in our country. They're not the same as laws passed by Congress, but they also have the same force in that sense. Of course, these treaties cannot overrule our constitution. But then again, the Rome Statute, I believe, has been, you know, has been, Malacanang has been, in fact, one of the like-minded like states that supported the Rome Statute for a long time. Malacanang was discussing the Rome Statute. And this is during the time of Gloria Arroyo. Ha? And they've been discussing and supporting the Rome Statute. I've been to many, uh, uh, you know, uh, seminars where the government uh, presented the Rome Statute and convinced people that this is a good statute. So I, yeah. I cannot agree with the with the premise that uh, this uh, this this uh, the Rome Statute is does not be is not uh, effective as to the Philippines. Okay, Secretary uh, Panelo, don't you think it would work uh, against President Duterte's interest if he does not cooperate in this process? No. First, you heard the former Congressman Pominari saying that the treaties cannot prevail over the Constitution. The Constitution is very clear. You have to know the law by which you're being charged with. And under the Civil Code, that law cannot be effective unless it is published in the official cassette or in a newspaper of general circulation. You must remember that this is penal law. It imposes imprisonment. With more reason, therefore, that you have to follow strictly what the Constitution provides. Okay. In any case, Rich, uh, Christian, I think the debate has been going on in that respect. Yeah. The, the, the instrument has been ratified by the President, concurred in by the Senate, and anyway, so on. It has been subjected to Supreme yeah. Court decisions. Maybe that's an argument that can be filed before the ICC. So again, now let's move forward context. with the discussion. I don't want to be yeah. saddled with that uh, with Yes, that yes, issue. yes, yes. Um, actually, Secretary Panela, there's a comment for you on Twitter. I don't know whether you'd like this. Uh, but uh, the tweet says, I expect nothing more than nonsense from Panelo. He's consistent like that. Okay. It's the title to his nonsense <laughs> comment. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, let's 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 talk about the second argument that you mentioned, uh, the the complementarity principle. Basically, for the benefit of our audience, this pertains pertains to, to the idea or the timing as to when the ICC could step in, if a state party is unable and unwilling to genuinely prosecute such cases. So your argument is that the complementary principle does not apply. Secretary Panelo, is that correct? What I'm saying is that that is a requirement. And uh, in this particular case, the government is not only willing, it is able, and in fact, there has been cases filed against those perceived to be guilty. Like how many cases out of more well, than 6,000 killings? Whether, whether you must, you, you know, uh, you're not a lawyer, I understand that. But before you file a case, there must you don't be have to gaslight because cost. I'm familiar with there the topic, be Secretary Panello. There must be a probable cause and that should be determined by a prosecutor investigating it. And before he can investigate somebody's to file charges, 
But if there are no charges filed, how in the world can a investigating prosecutor determine whether there is probable cause or not? That okay, is the so reason why. That is the reason why there is only one or two or three, or whatever number, few numbers there are. So where does it say in the Rome Statute that if a country was able to prosecute at least one case or two or three out of more than 6,000, the complementary principle under ICC won't apply? You don't have to put that in the, in the Rome Statute. It says if you are unwilling or unable to prosecute, then you can be within the jurisdiction. But the problem is this government is not only really it in fact it has prosecuted so we're talking about the key Andre santos case the poster boy for the prosecution of cases that's only How one that? are you talking about the key and the santos case that's only even, one if not for the benefit of a cctv footage that would not have been prosecuted christian you're not listening to what i said i was listening to you perfectly cases, word for word. cases have to be filed first if there are no cases how in the world can you prosecute? Now, in the case of uh, Kian, there, is a, there was a case filed, and that was, in fact, prosecuted, and we had a dirty guilty. But okay. If there are no cases to be to be filed, there are no cases to be investigated, so there will be no case to be prosecuted. But it doesn't mean that the government is unwilling or unable. Okay, uh, Attorney Colmenares. Yes, I I, I, no cases, how could you prosecute if there are no cases? You have been a lawyer of some of the victims. Let's talk about the situation confronting the victims of this drug war and why it's very difficult to get witnesses and file actual cases against police officers. Firstly, Christian, the victims which I represented, represented in the ICC filed the, the communication against the respondent, we called him the respondent, President Duterte. There is, a, I think, a misunderstanding on what Article 17 on admissibility says. In fact, what operates under this case is the first portion of Article, 7, uh, Article 17, which says it, the, court, uh, it is, uh, it, the case is inadmissible to the court if there is a case, the case is being investigated or prosecuted in the state which has jurisdiction. That is the statement in Article 17 on complementarity admissibility. So we ask the question, is President Duterte prosecuted or investigated? If the answer is no, then immediately under Article 17, the ICC has jurisdiction. Now, the ICC, the Article 17 continued, but even if there is investigation or prosecution the ICC can still retain jurisdiction if it is proven by the prosecutor that the, the proceeding or the case is actually, you know, the state is actually unwilling or unable. So it, it does not, the fact that there is no uh, investigation or criminal case against President Duterte that no longer triggers the unwillingness and inability because that's the proof already that he is not being investigated or prosecuted. But even, let's go, let's go to the willingness and inability. We argued before the ICC that the justice system in the Philippines is unable to prosecute President Duterte because he claims presidential immunity. Kaya nga hindi siya makasukasuhan ng mga pamilya ng biktima dito sa Pilipinas kasi he claims immunity. Therefore, the justice system is unable kaagad to, to prosecute him. 
So, saan sila ngayon magre-resort? That's why they had to resort to the ICC because they cannot have justice in the Philippine justice system right now. Jeez, that, that's the first. So, I, I guess we, we don't even need to go to the unwillingness because we've already shown the inability. But even then, you know, we can argue na unwilling kasi look at the number of cases. And in fact, under Article 17, one of the reasons for proof of inability that is inordinate de uh, delay in the, in the prosecution of the case is already considered by the, by the ICC as unwillingness. Okay. There is no really statement, Christian, that the, just, the courts are not functioning. The, 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 the ICC says inordinate delay can be proof of unwillingness. So okay. I don't see the reason for claiming going to the unwillingness when in fact it is admitted the President Duterte is immune from any suit here in the Philippines giving just a victims of the killings no recourse at all under the current justice system. Okay, let's allow Secretary Panel to respond, but I don't want this, uh, this portion of our discussion to be missed. It doesn't only say that a state party should be unwilling or unable. It has to be unwilling or unable to genuinely prosecute. So basically, that is intended to intended to preclude any form of tokenism in terms of any investigation. So in this case, uh, let, let, let's cite your example, Secretary Panela, when you said that uh, this, this the, the Philippines is not unwilling and unable to genuinely prosecute. Care to expound to that, on that? Now, let, let us go to the argument of uh, former Congressman Colmenares that they cannot prosecute the president because he has presidential immunity. He's forgetting that is what the Constitution says. And as according to him, treaties cannot prevail over the Constitution. So that cannot be used as an argument because it is not the fault of the president that you cannot prosecute him now. But then again, you can still prosecute him when he steps down as president. So well, there's still a remedy. Well, when the IC, when the Rome Statute, uh, thank you, thank you, Secretary Panello. When the Rome Statute was phrased, when it says the justice system is unwilling or unable, it includes constitutions. So if the, just, the Constitution grants immunity to a president, then that is concluded under the Rome Statute to be the inability of the justice system. Because under the Rome Statute, uh, the immunities and amnesties and claim to immunities, constitutional or otherwise, is not a defense in the Rome Statute ICC trial. And the Philippines agreed to it when the Philippines ratified the Rome Statute. We agreed that presidential claims to immunity cannot be used as a defense in the Rome Statute. So now, the moment that uh, the Constitution says that, uh, it, actually, I couldn't see in the Constitution the provision that says that the president is immune from suit. But even if we interpret that Constitution to provide immunity, that is considered as still as inability of the justice system to investigate or prosecute. And lastly, okay. we cannot ask the families of the victims, why don't you wait? For 2022, your son, your daughter was killed in 2017. So nowhere in our jurisprudence does the, as the Supreme Court or any law said that victims of crimes and their families and the aggrieved party must wait for five years. Isn't that injustice already? 
Kawawa naman sila. Grabe na yung dosa nila. Tapos paghintayin mo ng 2022. So our disagreement with Malacanang is that this is the only recourse of the family. You okay. yourselves force them into that. So please, respect naman their right to judicial remedy in the International Criminal Court. I'd like to go to Secretary Panelo. Um, based on the report by the outgoing uh, ICC prosecutor, Sifatu Ben Sudan, basically cited in that report were the pronouncements made by the President and some officials, including uh, former PNP Chief Ronald Bato de la Rosa and former Justice Secretary Vitaliano Aguirre. So basically, these statements are expected to be used against them during the investigation proper and also perhaps if this proceeds into an actual uh, trial. My question is, uh, is the president somehow regretting issuing those statements before, given the fact that today those statements are now being used against him? First, what statements are you referring to? Statements uh, that are seen to have been the president's order for the police to kill those drug users or drug addicts. But you're taking your your man you're taking the president's statements literally what he what he meant when he says I'll kill you, I'll, I'll pursue you to the ends of the earth and put you behind bars, prosecute you. What exactly does that, does that mean? I'm going to read the actual statement by Fatu Bin Sudan. Uh, of public let, statements. Let, let me respond first to uh, former Kong Pulminarist theory that uh, the presidential immunity uh, does not apply because there is a provision in the wrong statute that, that is not an excuse. You must remember that the wrong statute priest, uh, came after this constitution of ours has been approved and ratified by the people. And the basic is that this law, treaties or whatever law, outside of this country cannot prevail over the constitution of this country. Okay, let's go back to my original question. Uh, the, the ICC prosecutor cited the plethora of public statements made by Duterte and other Philippine government officials encouraging, supporting, and in certain instances urging the public to kill suspected drug users and dealers to attack civilians. Also cited were statements by Bato de la Rosa and former Justice Secretary Vitaliano Aguirre. Well, you, you have to tell me exactly the statements of these two. First, you must, I, I will refer you to the sauna speech of the president when he declared war against uh, illegal drugs. He said, and I will quote him, while he is declaring war against drugs, he, uh, however, warned the law enforcement agencies that they cannot abuse their authority because otherwise hell they will have to pay in other words he will not tolerate and he said so himself but that statement came after early on even before he actually assumed office as president there are a lot of statements ba? yung pupunuin ng patay yung uh, yung Pasig River and then maghanda na ng maraming mga funeral homes because expect a lot of blood during the drug war and after the statements were made Basically, the killing started, and they're continuing as you speak. But uh, that is uh, that is the style of the president. That is our hyperbole, and everybody knows that. Can you argue that before the ICC? In the first place, it has no jurisdiction over us. We don't even have to argue. We 
what do you think of this argument? Hyperbole. This is not the first time that we've heard of this uh, justification or rationalization. Firstly, uh, Christian, when we submitted our complaint called communication with ICC, we did not, uh, you know, we attached the official transcripts of the speeches based on the PCOO transcripts. So these are officials. And in it were the orders to kill, 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 and so on. And the, you know, if you something happens to you, I'll pardon you, I'll give you amnesty, and so on, tolerating, and so on. So that will already be used by the by the by the prosecution and by the, com the complainants, of course. Uh, of course, uh, Malacanang can also use a defense that was a joke. But uh, this, you know, after a few thousand killings, you immediately know that your joke is already taking effect. So I don't think that defense will be given credence by a court. Anyway, it's good that the Rome Statute actually defined intent. When do you intend to do it? One of the definitions of intent under the Rome Statute, Article 17, actually, it says that intent is you you means to, you meant to cause the consequence, or you are aware that the consequence will take place in the ordinary course of events. That's the definition of the Rome Statute. So now, after you made that joke, and then a few thousand dies, and then you make another joke, and then another few thousand dies, I, I think that will be used by us, the lawyers of the prosecution, to say that in, that's intentional because if that was merely a joke and you're seeing the consequences of your actions, you cannot now claim I'm joking, but then the consequences persisted. And okay. then you come out with statements that I will pardon you, don't worry, etc. Only belies the statements of the president that, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't want you to, to, to kill or um, uh, you know, execute people. So, but again, then again, then Malacanang can also cite that before the ICC if they feel that they can get away with a defense called it's a joke. You go to court, your client is being... Uh, accused of murder and then you say well his statements threatening the uh, the death the victim was merely a joke and hope that the judge will believe you uh when that happens as so that becomes your evidence in court okay there's a question for you uh, attorney salvador panelo why withdraw yeah. from something that does not have jurisdiction over you how's that why withdraw from something that does not have jurisdiction over you? The withdrawal was to make formal the theory that from the very start it had no jurisdiction. That's why in the letter of the president, assuming it has jurisdiction, it has it had jurisdiction, we're withdrawing. Okay. That was that was just a formal notice to the ICC that it never acquired jurisdiction over this country. Okay. I'd like to go back to the uh, argument that you mentioned earlier. Uh, that's why you're not cooperating. I mean, the Philippine government, it says, according to you, uh, the Philippines is willing and able, uh, willing and able to prosecute. But how do you explain, for instance, again, let's go, to, let's go by the numbers. More than 6,000 people killed in the conduct of the drug war. How many have actually been investigated? Number two. The DOJ is leading this interagency task force investigating those killings. It came out with a preliminary report, which is now with Malacanang. I'm sure you know that. It says there, 
the authorities failed to follow standard protocols in the crime scene. And number two, the DOJ more recently announced that uh, the Philippine National Police had agreed to open their records, drug war case files, to the, uh, to the DOJ. Initially, the DOJ mentioned 61 cases, masyadong konti out of more than 6,000. Later on, when we had this interview with, uh, with the spokesman of the DOJ, he said, hindi, ang binuksan talaga, ang bubuksan ng PNP, 6,077 cases. But after that, the president made it clear, hindi pwedeng ilabas lahat ng mga dokumento na yan, yung mga case files, and we were left with 53 cases. Now, given that context, how do you explain the idea that uh, there's willingness and ability to genuinely prosecute all these cases? Well, in fact, that, that should validate the theory that this government is willing and able to prosecute. Because the fact alone that the PNP chief has submitted certain cases for review so that they will be filing either administrative or criminal charges would support the theory that this government is willing and able to do Where's the genuineness there? Because I don't think so many people and willing yeah. and unable to genuinely. Where's the genuineness in that uh, in that context that I mentioned? Your problem is masyadong premature. Judgmental ka na agad. Siyempre, when you find that there are bases for criminal and administrative charges, that's the time you file. Eh kung iniimbisigan pa lang para malaman nga, o edo antayin mo. Well, after that, if the investigation shows that there are bases for criminal and administrative charges and the government does not file them, then that is the time you can argue or claim that this government is not only unable, it is unwilling to prosecute. Again, genuinely, but this drug war has been going on for more than five years. How can you argue yes. that uh, the oh, judgment is premature? But there, Christian, there are pending administrative charges and criminal charges against the policeman. You must remember that it's standard operating procedure. In any police operation, if somebody dies, then automatically the police is charged administratively. He has to explain why, how it happened, why it happened. Okay, Attorney Colmenares. Uh, yes, actually, fatal admission on the part of Chief PNP Eliasar and on the part also of Secretary Guevara by their admission that it has been going on for five years, at least more than 6,000 have been killed, and yet the DOJ has no access to the records. So that means there was really no uh, pending, you know, uh, if, if ever 51 cases may be, but out of the 6,000, so that immediately shows that there was no interest on the part of government to investigate or prosecute the killings, which actually bolsters our opinion that it's a state-sponsored killing. Because if it's not state-sponsored killing, mabilis pa sa alas 4 mag-imbestiga yan, mga police, mga DOJ, mga NTI. But so that was an admission. The, the fact that President Duterte even said that, oh, these are uh, records of national security. What records of national security? Is this invasion? Is this rebellion? I mean, uh, this is about a police operation. So this further proves the unwillingness of the government. But, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the families of the victims cannot wait longer. There have been cases where uh, they dismissed, there are no 
you know, how can they access evidence? How can the victims prosecute or ask for investigation and prosecution of this when even the secretary of DOJ cannot access the evidence? So that only proves the fact that the government is really unwilling to help in this uh, in this case. Well, they're trying to show willingness now, five years later, but <laughs> that, that for me, that's sufficient time to conclude. Anybody of us right here, right now, will be charged or will be you know, charged in court for five years, preliminary investigation. We can go to the Supreme Court. This is a violation of due process. We were under preliminary investigation for five years, but the victims okay. cannot even start preliminary investigation because the government withholds the records and not only from the victims but even the secretary of justice and we know that the secretary of justice is the prosecutorial arm of government how can they prosecute the police if they don't have any records in the first place so the malakanyang could say that you know we're trying our best but this only shows that they're really not trying their best and in fact they're shielding shielding the suspected perpetrators from genuine prosecution and investigation. And again, going back to the statements previously made by President Duterte, which are now being used against him before the ICC, Secretary Panelo, uh, is this a case of the president somehow uh, ignoring or not putting too much weight on the statements that they had been issuing, but in fact, as president, those statements were seen as policy ordinarily? Let me go back to what I said about the unwillingness and not being and being uh, being able to prosecute as i genuinely, said again every, genuinely again uh, yes, genuinely every time there is death in any police operation automatically the policeman is charged administratively so in other words there is already an automatic investigation and prosecution administratively. Now, if during the administrative case, there is reasonable base to believe that there is criminal liability, then criminal cases will be filed. So that alone will show you the willingness and the ability of this government to prosecute era policemen. Number two, that the fact alone, as I said earlier, that the PNP chief submitted cases to the Secretary of Justice to evaluate, to review if there are sufficient basis to prosecute the people involved in those cases for criminal liability. What's up to you that this government is willing and able to prosecute? That was after five years, and those cases mentioned by PNP Chief Elias are investigated by the EAS Internal Affairs Service. Is you are not, you are not considering what I said earlier. I said no. Important every, context to what every, you are saying. This is important for people to understand no, no, no. the context. Every time somebody dies in a police operation, there is an automatic investigation and prosecution administratively. Is that that, that is it. Yeah, yeah, that is a protocol supposedly. At bawat baril na pinaputok, dapat That is being done, Christian. That is being done because that is automatic. That Are you sure? You can, can you show yes. us the records at all? Each and every you. Why don't you case. ask the police Have been investigated. the National Police Commission so that you will know the records? Luckily, they themselves admit that it's very difficult to understand, to investigate all those 6,000 cases. Anyway, as a final word, sige, Attorney Colmenares, you don't have time yes. anymore. 
Yes, actually, the fact that five more than 6,000 have been killed in the last five years, and Malacanang is saying, Secretary Panel also saying that there are administrative and criminal prosecutions. The fact that the DOJ admitted that they don't have records of these cases shows that there's no prosecution. Because okay, why, would the, no why, why would the the DOJ? Why would the That's DOJ? Huh? Excuse me. Why would the, the DOJ? Commission has the record. Okay, S Secretary Panelo, please allow me to finish. I let you finish, yes, right? No, anyway, so, okay. we don't have much time anymore. Keep it short. This, uh, attorney you know, this is the style of the Duterte administration, just to just to muffle arguments rather than this. What I'm saying, what I'm saying, is that the DOJ, if the if the if the criminal prosecution commission. What I'm that. saying is the criminal prosecution did not take place because even the DOJ has no record of the police okay. records. So if they're okay. prosecuting, they already have records. So there are no substantial criminal prosecution in the first you, place you, because okay. they don't have the anyway, records of the police. Gentlemen, my That's apologies my because point. we don't have time anymore. <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining uh, thank us you. this evening. Thank you. There's been a very uh, interesting colorful discussion. Yes, thank you, yes, Secretary Panello. Yes. And thank yes, you, Attorney yes. Colmenares. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you, Secretary Panel. Thank you, thank you, Christian. Yeah, yes, That's it for this episode of After the Fact. This has been your host, Christian Esguera. Watch this episode again on I1TFC or listen to our podcast on Spotify. For recaps and exclusive content, subscribe to the AC YouTube channel and catch up with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. See you again tomorrow, After the Fact.